Hello, and welcome back to The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America, where each episode we bring you a fresh and insightful interview featuring one of the film industry's top directors, conducted by one of their peers. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode takes us behind the scenes of director James Keach's new documentary, Augie. The film tells the inspirational story of Augie Nieto, often referred to as the Steve Jobs of the fitness industry, who arguably saved millions of lives when he catapulted life fitness and the revolutionary life cycle to worldwide prominence. However, his greatest accomplishment came after he was diagnosed with ALS in 2005. Today, the wheelchair-bound fitness legend takes on ALS with his wife Lynn, leading the race to a cure in the fight to save his own life and the lives of millions once again. Augie was screened as part of the DGA's documentary series, which aims to spotlight groundbreaking nonfiction films for DGA members and guests by presenting screenings of documentaries as well as conversations with their directors. In addition to Augie, Mr. Keech's filmography includes the feature films Waiting for Forever, The Stars Fell on Henrietta, and False Identity, the documentary features Glenn Campbell, I'll Be Me, The Turning Point, and Disease of the Wind. The movies for television Moms on Strike, Murder in the Mirror, Praying Mantis, and The Forgotten, and episodes of The District, Jag, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, and The Young Riders. Following the documentary series screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Mr. Keach spoke with director Lynn Littman about filming Augie. During their conversation, Mr. Keech discusses why he decided to take on the project, thematic connections within the films of his career, and why he describes filmmaking as being mindful. What a beautiful film. What an elegant, elegant, elegant. Not, we've just met, so I'm not trying to be nice to him. What a, it's just beautiful. It's, it's, it's beautifully shot, it's beautifully edited, and the music is superb. And, um, and you've used the best stuff of, of feature filmmaking and, and, and slipped it into documentaries, and it's what, I, it's, I appreciate it, it's wonderful. Thank you very much. So, I, I also loved your last film, the Glenn Campbell film which was superb, I thought, and, and, also, um, and also about an indomitable spirit that, um, it, that you captured. I mean, the thing that's wonderful about both of these is that the footage of these men at their best was available, was existed. So that thing about... What what happens to a spirit if if when when you're deteriorating and and that you've tackled this most sophisticated, terribly sad subject and made them into beautiful films is wonderful. So how did you get into this this area of of life of thinking, of filmmaking? Um, well. I suppose my brother's here, my brother Stacy's here, and he would probably agree with me. He'd say our father taught us that 
the thing he abhorred in life was uh, to be indifferent and apathetic to the plight of others. So I think to, uh, when after making Walk the Line, um, which was also a film, I was asked to do that film, and it was a, this was a, a love story. All three of these films are love stories, and I guess that's what I want in life. I, I, I want that, that kind of feeling that you have, that connection, you know, and, and all the films are about intimacy, and I, I want that in life. And I guess how I got into this was... Um, but you didn't know that on the way in. No. No, making a documentary film, for me, you know, is, is kind of like uh, being a sculptor and having a stone there, and you just keep peeling the layers away and away and away, and what happens is that you start peeling the layers away of yourself, and you start discovering things about yourself. And uh, I don't know if Elise is Elise, are you here? My editor was supposed to be here tonight. Wonderful. She's a, she's a, she's a great Wonderful editor. Yep. And uh, she edited uh, both films. And the second one, also Parker Laramie. Um, and, uh, um, you know, all of us, you, you look at your own mortality and really looking at straight on is, is, a, is a hard thing to do. Uh, but we're all going to. It's, we're going to all have our ticket punched one of these days. And both of these guys... I'm going away. <laughs> well, we just don't know what no, when. So, you know, I mean, both Glenn and Augie taught me a lot about myself and looking at my own life and what's important and what's not important. And um, both of these guys um, were dealing with pain in different ways. Glenn knew what was going on. Glenn knew that he was losing his memory, and he wanted to make a film that showed it. And and John Cash knew that he was dying, and he wanted to show the gnarly truth. You know, he did this song called Hurt. I don't know if any of you saw the video, but he showed us, you know, what it's like to be facing your, your own death. And Augie, you know, he became a better man when he got the disease, you know? And... and for me, you know, these guys taught me, you know, at first, you know, the elephant, you know, I didn't know what to do when I first did, did, did when Glenn had Alzheimer's and I would get around him and I finally just said, so how is it to have Alzheimer's? And everybody looked at me and went, man, you're talking about him having Alzheimer's. I said, what the hell? He, he's got Alzheimer's. We got to talk about it. And what's it like, Augie, not to be able to move? What's it like, Augie, not to be able to talk? What's it like, Augie, not to be able to have intimacy like you did before with your wife? You know? And when he honestly answers these questions and you realize that these women are dealing with these guys and the kind of intimacy that very few of us have ever had, at least, at least in our younger years. But I do think as we get older, that kind of intimacy will occur for a lot of us. And, um, um, you know, I, I actually had a, a fellow from the State Department, he watched this movie and he said, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm jealous of Augie. I said, you're jealous of Augie? He said, yes. He said, I, I want to have a relationship with somebody like he has with Lynn. You know? So did you pick the guys, or did you pick the subject? Well, in, in all three of the cases, the guys picked me. They John. asked me to, John Cash asked me to make the movie. It's because we, he asked oh, me to make okay. Walk the Line. 
He asked me to tell the story. He said, I, a lot of people have asked me to do this. And he said, but I trust that you'll tell the truth and that you'll, you'll get the truth out of me and you'll tell the truth. And, and in John's case, he was very, very much oriented to, uh, you know, he's, he has a very deep faith. And in Hollywood, um, faith, a lot, a lot of people's faith is looked, looked upon. It's frowned upon. You know, you don't put that kind of stuff in movies or people think, you know, you're... Anyway, there's different belief systems and the studios did not want to put that kind of stuff in movies unless, of course, it made them money. And John said, listen, that's who I am. And there was a moment when we made that movie where they said, well, we don't want all that stuff in the movie. And I said, well, then you're not going to get the music. I said, "That's we'll make it that simple because that was the promise I made to John. And Glenn was that way. And Augie is not that way. But... um, um all three in in all three circumstances the the you begin a relationship with somebody and they get to trust you more and more and more and more until finally they don't notice you're there anymore and you just feel like you belong there and and so the intimacy occurred with me and them and you know it was it so it it was really special very how, special how it's a, it's that's like a privilege. It's a it's a complete honor, and, a, and you know, as a, and as a filmmaker to to be able, you know, it's like when you do narrative films, you want to, you 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 you. I fall in love with the the movies because I fall in love with the characters because mm-hmm. the deep character. When you're making a documentary like this, if you can fall in love with the character, the real person, the real person, you know, and see their warts love them warts and all and see their humanity it's it's a very special thing now should johnny cash have been a documentary it wouldn't have i mean i love the film but i don't know um how funny i think there'd been a there there was a there been a lot of documentaries or music videos and things made about john and they, they hadn't done that about glenn because glenn kind of fell out of favor midway through his life and and didn't come on really. I mean, the the Glenn Campbell movie kind of resurrected right. who, he, who his memory to a lot of people, and uh, and of course we don't know. Nobody knows about Augie uh, yet. So Hopefully they will. The, the, all of these films have the mystery of a medical situation. Was this something especially? I mean, other than other than soul soul improving. Was the medical part of it anything you were you were fascinated by, the science? Um, I when I first did the Glenn Campbell movie, I didn't really. I, I it it actually made me not want to do the movie. Mm. That that he had Alzheimer's until I met him and I met got a sense of humor. It scared me, sure. you know. It it was like oh my gosh that sounds like a, a bummer I'm gonna slip my wrist with a butter knife you know that was <laughs> what it felt like until until you realize that uh, you know the, the, like I said we're gonna all have something you know and the medical side of things at first it you know I didn't I didn't know what to expect I mean I would joke with Trevor Albert my partner on the Glenn Campbell movie he would always say Alzheimer's and I said, it's Alzheimer's. And, you know, I mean, that's as far as we got into it. By the time we were done, two, we started, we thought we were going to do uh, uh, seven weeks on it. That's And it turned into two and a half years. 
Whoa. You know, it was going to be five shows. It turned into 171. And the stretch of what, of, of his, the progression of his condition. From zero. We, he, we took him from mild cognitive yeah. impairment all the way to the end. And Augie's journey, we take him from the same kind of thing. And Augie is, is very vital right now. But, you know, I mean, if the power goes out, you know, the plug, oh, you, know, you know, he, but they are, they're amazing. So you've 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 picked or been picked for these projects where it's life on the edge of death, which is the highest form of drama that you can find. I mean, it, everything gets heightened. How does this compare? I mean, you are an actor, a writer, producer, director, and suddenly a documentary filmmaker. That's a very big switch, isn't it? Uh, what's why? Other than were you, is it as simple as that you were just asked? I needed a job. <laughs> you know, I think I wake up every day and I want to feel like I have a purpose. And um, in all in, in all these instances, I think sometimes you know you just you have to. I was talking to somebody the other day about you know um, they're getting. They're struggling with addiction, and and, and I, I remember I, there was this little sticker that people would write on, on or would, they would put on their car, "Expect a miracle." And so I've kind of gone that way through my own life, um, of expecting, you know, something's going to show up. And as my career has gone on, these things keep showing up. These accidents keep happening. They keep happening, <laughs> and and I keep going well. There must be some reason for it, and so whatever talent I've been given, you know, I think somehow it's it's morphed into the, being an actor. I understand character, you know. Um, um, I never could play the parts I wanted to always play, but when I get to direct movies, I, I get to kind of vicariously play them. And then you see these people in real life that become your heroes. And so then you can portray them, and and if you are a narrative filmmaker, you know something about telling stories and entertainment. And so, I mean, I, I hope that the comedy worked in this tonight. I was going to say the humor, the subtle humor. I mean, somebody goes like this, and a dog turns around. With just the, the, the it's beautiful. It's beautiful choices, and that's not. I'm assuming no matter how good your editor is, this is. No, this is my wicked, yeah. twisted sense of humor. <laughs> Um, what's the difference between what ha how you behave or how you prepare for a dramatic picture and how you prepare for a documentary? Well, one is scripted and the other is totally unknown. Right. You know, the, the thing you can do, you can do as much research as you possibly can for a documentary about your subject and then you can, you, you don't, unless, unless you've known this person forever and in, in both cases I didn't know them at all, um, and then you just start going through the process of of, of uh, filming and doing interviews. And then in, in Glenn's case, we did 2,000 hours of film. Wow. So we have a whole bunch of, we can do a whole educational series. And, and so editing that, the first cut was five hours. So when you're doing narrative drama, obviously we did 13 drafts on Walk the Line. But that's a, before you shoot a film. That's before you shoot the film. Right. So once you start shooting the film, um, hopefully you've got, you know, you, you got your story and your characters and, 
And, and, and even then, and then at the end of the day, you do research screenings and you find out things that connect with the audience, things that you thought would connect don't sometimes, and things that do uh, connect, uh, you're very you, surprised you, at. Do you change or do you just say, this is the way I like it? Uh, no, I, I've learned that God gave me two of these mm -hmm. and one of these. And uh, I like to listen to the audience. I, I really do. And, when I, and I've learned a lot. When I first was directing, I, w I thought I had to be right. That, that you know, It's not about being right. It's about what works and what doesn't work. And it has to work for you guys. For me, you know, that's when it works for me, it, it, as long as I'm telling the story that I want to tell, mm -hmm. um, I want to connect. I mean, the whole thing is, this whole thing is about connecting. You know, about, I mean, I can't think of anything cooler than somebody that I've never met before watching this film or any of these films and going, you know, like in Walk the Line, you know, it's a movie about forgiveness and, and uh, they, they have some, something in their life and they watch the movie. I had somebody call me up and said, I, I, they were getting a divorce and she said, I'm not going to divorce him. I said, I saw the movie, said, I'm going to try and forgive him. And I went, you know, I mean, I and but that it, kind of connection, you know, it's a it's a it's a wonderful thing to to know that some somewhere out there somebody's seeing something that you're never going to meet, and it might have altered their well, you told their journey. Me, you told me you got a letter from someone that you didn't know who just said you changed my life. Wow. That, that was about the about Alzheimer's. This this person wrote me. It was it was actually I got I've gotten a, got a lot of letters about that about these. The, these films, you know, having ALS, and but it was about shame, you know. In both cases, these are both very shameful diseases. If you at first have them, Alzheimer's people act out funny in in public, and there's a lot of shame connected with it. And what Glenn wanted, he, he didn't want people to have any more shame in their game. He, let's bring the elephant into the room. And the same thing with ALS, you know. So often we turn our faces away. When a person comes in in a wheelchair, um, I try to make a point of getting down on my knee and getting close to them and saying, how are you doing? What happened? Why are you like this? You know, when Chris Reeves, who's a good friend, uh, got hurt, he, he actually said that, you know, his life changed for the better, even though, you know, it was totally devastating. And, and the, the, that, too, is an incredible love story. I wish that had been portrayed. Um, well, maybe you could make a bit of drama on it. Yeah, it's, it maybe it was great, but, uh, you know. So here are, I, I was wondering about this and wondering whether I should ask, because I'm not, I don't. So these are, I don't know about your 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 newest, the the newest film. Um, tipping Point? Tipping point. Uh, no, Turning Point. Oh, t Turning Point. I used to call it Tipping Point. Really? Yeah, and then I realized it was a book written by that same oh. title. Oh, I can't yes. do that. Well, and there was a movie made called The Turning Point, but you're leaving the the out. No, the. The, no, okay. Yeah. Is that, I mean, okay, so you have three male heroes. Are you ready to tackle a female hero? Yes, I'm doing Linda Ronstadt. Oh, how wonderful, really? Yeah, yeah. we're doing, we're part companies oh. producing Linda Ronstadt, which, which is the one of the greatest feminine stories ever. Fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Turn, turning Point is about research scientists, about people trying to find a cure for Alzheimer's. But there can be heroes in the in the in the. In they're the all here. They're, they're, they're these, all heroes. Yeah, they're heroes. You know. Wow. You know, can can you imagine making a movie for thirty years and 
having nobody see it? That's what most research scientists go through. I was just going to say yeah. that. I didn't know if you were being metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so w with all your professions, and they're all talents, I mean, for, for me, and I'm probably very provincial about this, actors and directors are different species. Um, writers are yet a third, and producers are definitely a fourth. You forgot agents. I forgot agents. I don't consider that it's, well, it is a talent. When it's generous, it's a talent. Okay. Okay. But how, where do you put the actor when you're, how do you fit them all in one body? Well, I've done very little acting in the last few years. I've, I've done like one. Yeah, but that assumes that you have a certain kind of ego. No, doesn't it? Oh. A, a certain kind of ego? A, uh, uh, my, a healthy one. I, I don't know. No, it's, it, it's just I, I, when I started to direct, I started thinking I'm going to confuse everybody. What if my performance really sucks? <laughs> and how can I fire myself? You mean from, you were directing yourself? I, well, I, I tried it a little bit, and it was okay. I, you know, I was the best in my price range. And uh, um, it, uh, I don't know, it, it, I, I, I really enjoy acting. Acting is really fun. And I, I've said, I did, uh, it's because actually, because my brother did Ray Donovan, and he got killed, and then they brought in his brother, and so I got to play his brother. And, uh, uh, um, and it was so much fun, and I, and I, would, and I did a four-part four thing and force it for episodes and it was I found it so easy it was so much fun saying the line doing the lines and act, acting was easy compared to doing this this because is because you're not respond I mean you you do it and you can go home yeah you get the somebody gives you the lines they put the makeup on you but you also you know. you're being very very cavalier about this but you you had a lot of training um formal training yeah so it's not just well, no, no, but it was fun. Like I'm oh, saying, I, okay. I was able. It was. It was like. It was like uh, riding a bike, you know. You know. I, but in I this case, in this in this case, you know, you get to a certain point in your life, and you know, uh, it, the critic isn't so strong anymore. Mm -hmm. That critic that sits out here, you know, when you're saying, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm that line sucked, or I'm too fat, or I'm too thin." Or, I don't care anymore. I'm just here. I'm, I'm in the moment, and I'm going to do it, and it's what it is, man. Wow. And that is a wonderful place to be. It was re it's really fun. It's not quite that way when you're directing a movie or you're doing this. You know, It's like I get nervous before. I can watch a movie a hundred times, and I get nervous. Excited is really the right, right. word. It's I get excited, and I wait for the audience to laugh at that place. I'm going, oh, did they do it? Yeah, oh, that's so cool. That feels really good. I connected. You know, or you see somebody doing this, you know, right. you know, it's, yeah. So. so is there a next challenge that is, that is, I mean, you're doing another doc. That's wonderful. I'm glad you're doing a woman. It's going to be interesting. You think it's going to be different? Well, yeah. Yeah, well, well. Uh, first thing I'm going to do is get some dresses. <laughs> no, uh. <laughs> Yes, it's going to be very different, but you know, again, this woman is uh, yeah, she's cool. she's um she's so 
she's a, you know, it's like you fall in love with your your characters, mm -hmm. you know, your subject, your subject, yeah, and uh, she's uh, incredible, incredible. Mm -hmm. um, so she represents, you know, um, her character, and now she's got Parkinson's, but that's not going to be part of the movie, and, and that's not she's why she's got Parkinson's. Yes, yeah, she does. She can't sing anymore. <gasps> nope. Well, hasn't been for years. So actually. in each of these cases, well, not so much Glenn Campbell, but I mean, they've been robbed of the thing, of the very thing that made them spectacular. Yeah, but if you talk to Linda right now, she's even more spectacular. Right. You know, what she can look back at her life and and look back at it with great pride and realize, and and you know, I think. For myself, I want to look back at my life and say I I connected, and she connected, but she connected in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was a woman who, who was told that she couldn't make. She was Hispanic. She was told that she couldn't make it as a rock singer. You know, you know, she can't sing Spanish songs. She, you know, uh, she can't sing. She can't do Broadway. Well, she, you know, she did Pirates of Penzance, sold more Spanish albums than any anybody <laughs> in history. Uh, was, uh, you know, her band was the Eagles. You know, I mean, you know, she was a special person. All these people are unique people yeah. that are flawed. And, you know, and, and that would include me. And I would imagine some of the people in the audience. And, uh, you know, and I, and I suppose that that's what's... Uh, what connects for me is to see people and their flaws and for your, myself to work on my own flaws daily and to try and be just a little bit better, you know? And this, is, this sounds like filmmaking as the best kind of religion. Well, it is. Fabulous. It, it is. It's, uh, Do we it, want to ask our, our friends here? I don't know if it's any. a religion. I don't know if I. I didn't. I, I, but it, but I didn't, it's certainly, I didn't, I didn't it's certainly magic. Yes. Okay. I, I, I like that better. You know, it's uh, it's uh, it, it's, cer it's certainly it, filmmaking for me is being truly mindful hmm. of myself and other people's circumstances, and it's back to the not being indifferent and apathetic about the plight of others. You know, which I think our society, unfortunately, sometimes is. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you guys I very much. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. If you'd like to hear more from the DGA's documentary series screenings, check out episode 115, which features director Alex Gibney discussing his documentary No Stone Unturned with director Mark Levin. You can find past episodes of The Director's Cut wherever you listen to podcasts or on our website at dga.org slash craft slash podcast. Also, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, please like, share, and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America. Music is by Dan Wally.